My name is Michael Brady, and I am part of Partners for Karmic Freedom with my late partner, Linda Brady, the internationally known karmic astrologer. And this is um, Sunday, March 12th uh, of 2023, uh, and um, this is Michael's Mission, hosted by me, Michael Brady. Uh, and I can be reached if you need to or you want to at uh, karmicfreedom.com. That's our webpage. I can be reached uh, at uh, karmicfreedom at gmail.com. That's our email, my email. And I can be phoned, reached by 802-323-6880. I'm textable because I have a smartphone. So that uh, brings us all up in into the present and why I'm here uh, today is I, I'm talking to the people that my wife and I have served all of these years, uh, what we call our Aquarian family. Uh, in particular today, of course, you're, if you're new or you're just tagging along, uh, you're certainly welcome. Uh, and um, what I want to talk about today is What's going on? What What's impacting all of us now uh, in life? Um, and I want to start with the big picture. So there are two astrological transits uh, that are um, hovering about the land um, on us uh, that are going to have a major impact on everyone and each of us individually based on our karma and our charts. So I'm going to talk a little bit about astrology, but more about the understanding of what the astrology is telling us um, than the actual astrology. Anyway, um, Saturn uh, is going into Pisces, uh, and it will be there for two and a half years. Um, And Saturn uh, actually just went from Aquarius into Pisces on March 7th of 2023. And I'm also going to talk about Pluto going from Capricorn into Aquarius. Uh, and this, these are transits that affect everyone over some period of time. Uh, Saturn affects us over two and a half years per sign, roughly speaking. So for the next two and a half years starting now, we are being called by Saturn to take responsibility for our Piscean values and beliefs wherever they fall on our chart. Uh, And that would involve your uh, 12th house, the sign of Pisces in your chart, wherever it falls, whatever house it's in, and the planet Neptune, wherever that falls in your chart. Those three things, three aspects of Pisces energy, the house, the planet, and the sign in your actual birth chart are, are the the issues and the areas of your life where this transit will impact you in some basic and important ways. And the overview to that is, again, taking responsibility for our Piscean values. And we, of course, we've just, we've just left the age of Pisces. That's 2,000 years. Um, we passed through an astrological age every 2,000 years. Uh, the last 2,000 years has been the age of Pisces. We're now in the beginning of the age of Aquarius. We're no longer transitioning one foot in both worlds, but we, we've got both feet stuck in the time frame called Aquarius now. 
and we're supposed to be done with Pisces, except that when we go from one country to another, from one room to another, we can also take the issues of that other room along with us, even though our bodies, our physical selves, move to the next stage, let's call it, or the next place or the next space. Well, that's what this is about. This is about us bringing with us into this new space called the Age of Aquarius that we're now in for the next 2,000 years as a major theme um, of growth and progress uh, karmically and astrologically. Um, We're being called on to take responsibility to review and look at those deep-seated values and to let go, to let go, to discard, to resolve, to change our minds, to transform, choose a word that applies to you in your life, our Piscean values that no longer work for us. And actually, just to sew up, um, let's say you took algebra in uh, high school when you were going through a high school. Um, You know, the next year when you take trigonometry, you might review algebra from the year before. But once you've done a review, you sew up what you know about algebra, and now you're fully engaged with the next thing, which is trigonometry. Well, that's what we're doing here. We're sewing up what's left of whatever the age of Pisces is that would be interfering with us embracing and growing and developing into the age of Aquarius uh, as we move ahead now. So that's what Saturn's doing and it's calling on us, it's pushing on us for the next two and a half years. Two and a half years. One of the major themes of the age of Pisces is victimhood. That's right, victimhood. In the age of Aries, which was the 2,000 years before the age of Pisces, which we often often refer to as the Old Testament versus the New Testament when you're talking Bible frame, uh, the, the age of Aries was the age of might is right. If God was on your side, you were golden. If God wasn't on your side, you were fried. Um, and... Um, God could be a harsh God in the age of Aries. Um, uh, people got turned to stone, for instance, uh, in the Bible, in the Old Testaments, um, things like that. Uh, rules were pretty rigid. Classes were pretty rigid. Uh, you were with God or against God. Uh, you were um, um a slave, you were a freeman, you were uh, a serf, you were a lord, you were a king. Very classified um, classes and, and uh, boundaries, let's put it that way, in the age of Aries. Uh, and uh, might was right, ruled. And and it was ruled by the, uh, well, by Aries, okay, Mars, Aries energy. Um, so... Um, Pisces came in, and the counter to that, the counterbalance of that, was us developing empathy. And along with one of the things that happened in our developing empathy is we also got into victimhood and hero and hero worship. Let's call it. Um, uh, I once read an uh, adage in psychology. Uh, it was called the escalog- the partial list of eschatological. 
the eschatological laundry list or the list of partial eternal truths back in undergraduate or graduate school. And it had these cute sayings on it. And about halfway down, it said, be careful of those who you make a hero of or who you put on a pedestal. Because for every person you make a hero of, you must demean yourself in some ways. And that, that characterizes what we've done uh, a lot in the age of Pisces. We've made people heroes. Jesus was our savior. I mean, he clearly is a hero uh, out of the Christian faith, but along, all the way down the line, we've believed in heroes uh, over the last 2,000 years, saviors, people who can rescue us. You, you rescue a person who's helpless. You rescue a person who's in trouble and can't get out of it themselves. In other words, heroes rescue victims. And then, of course, the other part of that equation is that for every victim, there's got to be a perpetrator. So then that introduced the good guys and the bad guys. So we've got good and evil as a very extreme uh, belief system over the last 2,000 years of Pisces. Well, I think what the Saturn in Pisces is really asking us to examine over the next two and a half years, check it out for yourselves, is victimhood. If if I root through all that and I try to find the one thing I think that is um, hanging on and most problematic in the world, in, well, not in the world, in human beings, we're not the world, the world is somewhere we inhabit, we inhabit, um, it's victimhood and just turn on the news. Just listen to the news today, uh, local national, international, global news, and see how much victimhood is showing up and how much extremism around, um, well, the extremes, the perpetration, perpetrator and victim, and hero and rescuer of victims is very prominent in the world, and the world looks more chaotic. Every week, every month it goes by, as it seemed like based on the news, doesn't it? And what does that cause in you? What does it cause in me? It causes me to worry. It causes us to worry about things. Because life is not as stable as it was. Um, and we don't know what's going to happen, do we? And that uncertainty makes you worry. We, and when we worry, we get anxious or nervous. Uncertainty goes with being nervous, doesn't it? So that's scared, okay? And the other thing that's really prominent in the world today is an increasing amount of anger. Look at all the uh, riots and uh, conflict and the attacks that are escalating personally in our, in our own country, in our own neighborhoods, and then internationally. Uh, we have more conflict seeming to be on the horizon uh, and, and have more conflicts active in the world right now. The whole place looks and feels rather unstable, doesn't it? And it's all vying around fear and anger, fear and anger back and forth. Uh, our, our pandemic uh, interrupted an escalation, I think, in conflict, which was anger-based, and it scared the heck out of all of us for two years, COVID, uh, because you can't be angry and scared. You can't have two feelings at the same time. You get one feeling at a time. So your next feeling cancels the last feeling in your body, so to speak. Um, 
So our fear interrupted our anger, and now we're getting back toward anger, and we're vying back and forth between anger and fear and fear and anger constantly, and things just seem to be getting more and more chaotic, don't they? Well, there you go. Saturn in in Pisces is activating us through that content to tune into our belief systems, our deep-seated belief systems. Because each age of growth, spiritually speaking, the, the astrological ages are growth stages uh, that we're going through cycles of growth from one sign to another. And the age of Aquarius is an age of balance coming from out of extremism, either ordinance, into the middle and um, words like androgyny go with Aquarius or um, – uh, um, uh, cooperation, uh, harmony, um, group, uh, groups of people getting along together, being like-minded. Okay, um, Aquarius is that uh, homogeneous, homogenizing energy between the recent age of Aries, age of Pisces, the last two extremes, and so we're moving from male energy to female energy. Because men have been dominant, male energy has been dominant on this plane for at least 10,000 years, as we can remember, through a number of ages, okay, Um, astrological ages. And this age of Aquarius, in order to come to the middle, has to come out of the extreme maleness over to femaleness and then over 2,000 years, find the, the balance or the sweet spot in the middle. That's sort of like the overview energetically of the age of Aquarius. And we're at the very beginning of that. On top of that, I believe that this age of Aquarius, because they happen every 24,000 years, a return, you have another age of Aquarius in each age every 24,000 years. And we've been here for 1.5 million years as homo sapiens on this planet that we know of now from fossil evidence. So we've gone around the wheel a number of times. This particular age of Aquarius, I think, is unique. I have come to believe in this lifetime that we are at the end of our karmic or cosmic childhood and the beginning of our cosmic or karmic adulthood. And you can you can take a look at the Mayan calendar and a bunch of other things, uh, not just astrological, um, saying that this is some sort of unique lifetime that we're in. And I think it's unique in that sense. In the natural order of things, I think there's only two stages. There's only childhood and adulthood. And if you look at um, small anthropological natural tribes untouched by modern man, as we first observed them over the last couple hundred years, and it doesn't matter what environment they're in, they all basically have two classes of people in their tribes, in their small groups. You're either a child of the tribe or an adult of the tribe. Now, there may be elders, but that's... That's just tacked onto the adult at the end. That means they have wisdom and special knowledge and they should be treated with respect in those groups. Um, But they're still adults. So you're either a child or you're an adult. Looking at that being the natural categorization of humanness as opposed to the artificial ones that we've imposed on it in the last two or 300 years, um, infancy, childhood, adolescence, 
middle age, you know, blah, blah, all the subdivisions we've come up with. In the natural world, there's, there's really only two. And childhood is defined by codependence, inadequacy, incompleteness, uh, needing to be codependent, being taken care of, to be nurtured, to be rescued. Children need to be rescued by adults, grown-ups, often in life, or they don't get to be adults. They don't survive. So cosmically speaking, we've been children. All, these, all this time we've been here, we've been incarnating, we've been children, and we're in the first day of our age of majority this, this lifetime, in my opinion. And I think my opinion is shared from a number of other sources. It wasn't just my inspiration alone. Um, and that makes this age of Aquarius unique, not something that's part of a cycle that gets repeated or evolves in stages, but it's a once, a one, one-time occurrence. You never go back and repeat the same place again uh, because, it, because we have to move, we have to keep moving forward. And... Um, that makes this this particular lifetime and this particular process we're going through rather special and unique, I think, which is probably why anybody who's crazy or conscious enough to listen to me talking about this, uh, why you chose to incarnate in this lifetime. We volunteered for this, um, I think, because we knew it was going to be so special. So that's Saturn in Pisces. That's going on for the next two and a half years. So tune into your chart. Uh, take a look where your Pisces is in your chart. Uh, take a look at where Neptune is in your chart. Take a look at your 12th house. Pisces rules the 12th house. See what's in there. And if that doesn't make any sense to you, if you don't really uh, aren't an astrologer, give me a call and make an appointment, and I'll be happy to walk through your chart with you and your karma with you and help you make sense of this uh, in a very personal way for yourself and tune into the issues that are most pertinent to you in this global humanitarian growth process that we're all caught up in. Anyway, um, the next thing that I want to bring up is the Pluto in Aquarius. Now, Pluto is leaving um, Capricorn. Uh, This is going counterclockwise in the chart. Uh, starting in the first house, going counterclockwise. So Capricorn is followed by Aquarius, which is followed by Pisces. Well, Pluto is a generational planet, uh, and that means it takes, um, it spends 11 and a half to 31 and a half years in a sign, depending on what area you're in and what year you're talking about, because it, it has what's called an elliptical orbit, orbit which is... Um, sort of oval-shaped as opposed to round. So there are places when it's closer and further away, and that's where the year's range come in terms of uh, how the sign, how, how much time it spends in sign, in case you're interested in that kind of thing. Um, it's going to spend... Um, <laughs> it's going to spend 20 years in the, in the sign of Aquarius. Pluto will spend the next 20 years, and it's already... Let me see. Uh, uh-huh. Yes, it went. Uh, Pluto went into uh, the sign of Aquarius 
this month, okay, um, I, I didn't write the exact date down, but it doesn't matter. Um, if, if it's not there now, it's, a, it's about to cross. the. It, it'll be there by the end of March, um, and it's probably there right now, I think. Um, Pluto just went into Aquarius out of Capricorn. And it will spend 20 years there. It will not It will not go into the sign of Pisces in a permanent way and start travel through that sign until January 20th of 2044. This is 2023. So you're going to spend the next 20 years with Pluto in Aquarius. And Pluto is the planet of creation, of transformation. It's also the planet of uh, karmic guilt on the low end or the challenging end. And it's going to be in the sign of Aquarius for the next 20 years. So what we're doing is in the next 20 years, we are creating literally creating the beginning of the age of Aquarius. We are reformulating our values from Pisces values to Aquarian values, from um, good and evil, victim and perpetrator, victim and savior energy, to equality, uh, small groups, uh, common purpose, um, uh, a cooperative versus hierarchical organization. Whoa. And that has implications for all kinds of stuff. Business, economics, politics, all that good stuff is involved in this. Um, this is a big deal. These two transits that are, are, that are happening right now, these transitions into these spaces of Pisces and Aquarius with Saturn and Pluto are uh, major, major big deals. Now, what we care about is, well, what does it mean for me, Mike? <laughs> That's what I care about. What does it mean for me when I, when I read this stuff? That's where you need to look at your chart. You need to uh, pay attention uh, to the places that I spoke to about before. Generally speaking, I guess what I want to say before you try to delve into your personal stuff is um, the thing that we're being caught up in is – the age of Pisces, I'll just call it the age of Pisces now when I refer to the Saturn in Pisces transit that we're all in for the next two and a half years. The, the age of Pisces taught us how to be em, em, empathic, empathetic, to feel what other people feel. That wasn't so much an issue in the age of Aries. Uh, it became a, a major theme, which is a good thing in, in terms of our, our development. Because if we're going to, if we're going to cooperate with each other more than we're going to compete with each other as we move forward in our adulthood, uh, we need to be able, at the emotional level, to um, be in touch with ourselves and with each other e- emotionally. Because it's, that's really where either adversity or cooperation springs from. It's not from our mind. It springs from our emotions. Um, you know, you, you can do the same action with, a, with different attitudes, different emotions, in other words, driving them. Uh, so intention and emotion kind of go together. And we are all getting challenged about our beliefs, about our faith. And that's a Piscean word too, faith. Uh, so Saturn in Pisces means that we are being questioned. We are being called to take responsibility for our faith. Now, when does faith? When is faith easy for a person to have? Ooh, let me answer that. 
it's easy when things are good. When things are good, it's easy to have faith in whatever. When is it hard to have faith? Ah, it's hard to have faith when you're up to your ass in alligators, isn't it? And take a look at how much alligator stuff's going on around you or how much stuff alligator stuff's going on personally in your life. Uh, that is the things that are causing you distress, emotional upset, making you angry, frustrating you, pissing you off, or scaring you. And even maybe making you feel guilty. That could be involved too. I'm not going to talk much about guilt today. But that's part of the Pisces thing too. And one of the things that the age of Aquarius is a harbinger of is creating our own reality. Linda and I have uh, spoken about our whole life uh, as, a, as a career about self-responsibility and creating our own reality. Her first book was how, uh, the, Discovering Your Soul Mission, How to Create the Life You Want, How to Create the Life You Want. The second version of it, the second edition is Discovering Your Soul Mission, New Rules for a New Age. Those two uh, taglines really uh, encapsulated the philosophy that we've been teaching and living in ourselves and learning for ourselves all these years. And that is, it boils down to self-responsibility. So that means that no matter what happens to you, guess what? You were in charge. Even if you didn't know you were in charge, you were in charge, which is why we use a karmic uh, a chart a natal chart to look at the karma involved through that lens in a person's life, what they brought in from past lifetimes that is part of unconsciously creating your life. So we are all being called on to pay attention to when we feel scared and we feel guilty and we want to hide. We want to contract. We want somebody to watch come and save us. I felt that myself in the last month or so of my life after Linda passed. I went through a a dark month at night alone with myself. um, And I felt like a victim at times. I felt overwhelmed. I felt helpless. I felt scared, terrified, scared. Uh, I felt angry uh, about things. Again, not going into the content because it's not important right now. Um, and haven't we all been going through those kinds of experiences in the last handful of years, the last couple of years since the advent of COVID especially? And isn't that what's going on now? And we are creating our reality whether we know it or not. And I questioned that again uh, after my whole life being involved in this philosophy and teaching and coaching doesn't matter i was in uh, up to my ass and alligators myself because linda's passing was unexpected i mean after all we went through uh, she cured the cancer and we were confident that the you know that we could stay clear of the cancer and that she would recover her body would have time to recover from all the trauma she went through trying to get rid of the cancer and we were this close to getting out of the woods completely into the open field when she had the uh, blood clot show up and then the brain bleed because of that. And that was unexpected. It was a shock. And in my month of darkness and uh, victimhood and withdrawal and 
agony, whatever. Um, that's one of the things I focused on in my grief processing was um, uh, like, what did I expect to be different? Uh, well, I expected that to be different. I, I expected her to survive this uh, round of treatment and health care and for us to have another 10 years together, maybe another 20 years together. We were certainly hoping for 20. Uh, that would put us in our her in the late 90s, me in my early 90s. Um, that's what we were framing when we started the Cancer Project in August um, with each other. And we got very close to the to the clearing out of the woods, and then the rug got pulled out. And so, in that, so for me, that really brought me into existential despair. And I went through a month of struggling with what do I believe, reevaluating my beliefs. And the emotional part of me, the emotional part of me is very Piscean, very much part of that earlier energy. Uh, that we're leaving in this era in the age of Aquarius. Um, and uh, I had to reaffirm, I had to reclaim, I had to restake my faith, my faith in my philosophy, my faith in what I believe about reality and how reality works. Uh, so for each of us, there is a particular part of our chart, a particular part of our life where this process is going on. I guess that's the point I want to make today. And I want to encourage the people who are part of our family, the Aquarian family that uh, Linda and I have um, served all these years um, and taught to um, tune in to that part of yourself and to know that for the next two and a half years, you need to really be digging down through that emotional quagmire of guilt and um, and and rage, justified rage and 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 terror, fear um, that comes up in reaction to whatever's going on in your life. Anything external that causes you to tap into those feelings is tapping you into deep unconscious beliefs that are associated with Pisces. Um, and you're being asked to uh, examine what your purpose is in life, what you believe the purpose of life is. You're being asked to examine um, um, what power you have in creating your life. You know, Is your life something that happens to you or something that happens from you, because of you, uh, even when you're not aware of that you're creating? And a lot of us, all of us, are to some degrees always unaware of what we're creating, how we're creating. There's no such thing as complete awareness on this plane. Um, so it's, it's a matter of degree. We all need to be tuning in and we all need to be reaffirming, reestablishing our faith. And if we reestablish our faith, what we're going to find ourselves doing is choosing between contraction and expansion, between loss and prosperity. I'm, I'm offering some words here, some um, object, some object destination points here that you can move toward. Um, are you contracting? Are you scared? Are you angry? Um, are you feeling guilty about anything currently in yourself in your life? Um, those are contractive emotions, and they probably have to do with the past which is not real anymore, and probably with the future, which you're speculating about but can't be sure of, and you 
and hasn't happened yet, so that's not real. But the emotions get real, and they're very intense, and they're all tied up in what we think, and what we think is about what we believe. And we need to be unwinding that. I guess that's the point of this talk today. Uh, I'm at 32 minutes. Good. I'm, I'm going to try to keep this short. Um, I wanted to give everybody that listens to this and cares about my podcast um, this heads up. Um, these two planets are important. Pay attention to them. You're going to be paying attention to Pluto and Aquarius for the for the next 20 years. You're going to be paying attention, whether you like it or not, to Saturn and Pisces for the next two and a half years. This stuff is either going to be happening to you or you're going to be utilizing it to create what you want. Those really boil down to my, it boils down to what my choices are right now in my life, and it boils down to what, and my choices actually mirror everybody else's choices is what I'm seeing. It boils down to all our choices one way or another. Whatever your content of your life is, it doesn't matter. This, this applies to all of us in very personal ways. So I want to encourage people to think about whether you are oriented in one of four ways. You can lean up, you can lean forward into life, you can lean back from life, you can hold your ground. That takes tension to hold your ground because it implies forces pushing on you, push-pull. Or you can be in neutral. Neutral is loose, loosey-goosey, waiting for what's going to happen next and being able to respond in the quickest, most efficient way possible from that kind of position four different ways of being oriented to what is going on in you, with you, in your life, for you. I want people to to vacillate between the neutral and the leaning forward. That's what I'm working on. I'm trying to get rid of leaning back and holding my ground because leaning back and holding our ground is restrictive, contractive, contraction. And what we need to be doing is expanding. We need to be moving forward, leaning forward, opening, relaxing, uh, extending our boundaries to take in more, more than we're aware of, more than we know. Uh, And you're either going to do that scared or angry or, or guilty or confused and uncertain or with clarity, with optimism, with determination. Uh, a determination is like adamacy or childlike longing, I often call it. Um, 20-some years ago in Vermont, I, I, I woke up one day and I said to Linda when I came to breakfast, um, are we having enough fun yet? And she said, no. And I said, I agree. You know, w- 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 we work all the time and we work hard and we uh, get what we need in life, but we don't get ahead enough. We keep up. That, that, that's the best we do. So we always feel like we're pushing the barge up the river kind of thing. And I said, you know, that's not fun. I said, I'll tell you what I want. I, I woke up this morning and, and, and uh, my soul and I had a conversation and I was really crystal clear. What I really want is a life that works, honey. I don't care what it looks like as long as it's a life that works because our life is working, but just barely. And we have to put so much effort into keeping it working. I want it to be more natural then. I want a life that works comfortably. So that's what I meant by that. And son of a gun, I was congruent. I mean, it was my head and my heart, both brains, 
came together that day when I sat down with Linda and she agreed with me and we ended up husband and wife soulmates on the same page with each other. And we made a declaration. Yes, we are moving forward now with a clear longing and intention and optimism and hope and faith that we are going to create a life that works. And son of a gun, we did since then over the last 20 years. Um, I'm in Florida. We, we, we went from Vermont to Florida in uh, 20 years. And we went from a life that was more difficult and restrictive to one that's more open and warm and pleasant and um, worked better, worked better. Our life worked better as we moved forward and we ended up down here. Um, so I really can see in my own life how important this is. Uh, so I want to, I want to tune you all in to like paying attention, becoming introspective, paying attention to yourself, maybe trying some meditation on a daily basis, a half an hour, just quiet, no uh, taped, guided meditations, yada, 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 just being with yourself, deep breathing, centering yourself out of your head into your heart or getting more in touch with your heart along with your head while you deep breathe and allowing yourself to be passively present, passively present inside yourself will allow you know whatever's bothering you to come up. Uh, either from below, your emotional stuff, or from above, your head, your thoughts, what you're wandering, what's wandering around in your head. Tune into yourself more and um, work on the orientation that I'm talking about. Pay more attention to that. And again, if this is hard or uh, it stimulated you, but you're thinking, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do with that. Don't feel free. I, I, don't hesitate to uh, reach out to me to communicate. I'd be glad to talk to you about it, text about it. I'd be glad to do an appointment with you. I'd be glad to sit down with your chart and see where you're at in your life and help you get clear about what I'm talking about and how it works for you. So anyway, I needed to uh, to share that with with my family, with Linda's and my family. Uh, in the current, because it, it's what I'm about in my own life, and I think I'm an example of what's going on universally on some level. We're all grieving some kind of loss, aren't we? I'm I'm grieving a particular loss, and all of you are grieving along with me that particular loss, Linda, um, and making sense of that as part of our gestalt as we move forward with our life, and. Um, that's a that's a choice. It's not a fact. You'll either choose to make it an optimistic part of your life as you move forward or a pessimistic part of your life as you move forward. Um, that's, that's what I'm struggling with, have struggled with, which I'm breaking clear of now into the optimism and the, the expansiveness. In fact, my last um, soul declaration was I just want a life that works well. With Linda works adequately and above. Ours was marginal <laughs> and above back then, um, and we've accomplished that. And we accomplished that in this time. Um, my rest of my life, my uh, my adamacy is: I want a life that is expansive and prosperous. I've figured that out for myself. I've stood on that, and that's what I'm declaring to my soul, to the universe. 
uh, to myself as a creator that that I intend, I want, I hunger for. I'm in in congruent agreement between my head and my heart that I want a life that's expansive for the rest of the time I'm here and is prosperous because I want to spread, I want to help, I want to encourage and support people in doing exactly that for themselves because I think that's what we all need to be doing. As we step into our adulthood, our spiritual adulthood here, that's what we're going to accomplish, whether we know that or not, uh, by taking responsibility and taking charge of our creation process more than we ever have. That's exactly what we can do. We can all do this for ourselves individually, and we can rub off on other people and share it with other people, and other people can get it from us, whatever that means. And this thing can spread as much as, uh, you know, disaster and, uh, and calamity can spread, uh, so can prosperity, so can expansion. Uh, so that's my uh, that's my blurb for today. Um, again, please feel free to uh, email me or text me uh, with any in- input or comments you'd like to make. I would love to hear them, uh, and if I can be of help, please please reach out and schedule some time with me. I'd be glad to talk with you. This is Michael Brady of Partners for Karmic Freedom, and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.